watching. Wherever you watch this, thanks for watching. Lord, we give you all the glory this morning. You're a great and mighty God. And we give you thanks and praise for who you are and what you do. And Lord, you are the God who never changes. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the deliverer then, you're the deliverer now. You're the savior then, you're the savior now. You're the healer then, you're the healer now. Be blessed, O Lord God Almighty. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship this morning? Let's stand together. If you walk Every day. 
God of this city. You're the King of this people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are.
whatever your it may be. We believe in this place. All the impossible. It goes into a container with the name God in front of it. And it says, it is done. God says he is done with all of it. Oh, he's fixed all of it. Yeah, he's done all of the work already for. Just lift your hands. Tell him if you believe in this way. We activate the anointing of mountain moving power in this way. Soul restoration in this way. Peace like a river in this way. Oil of gladness flowing in this way. Oh, we activate the goodness of God. Oh, that leads to repentance. We activate every part of God. The parts that move the mountain. He's all in His Word. He said it already. He's done it already. Oh, we receive it right now in this place. Come on. Oh, we receive it in this place today. We receive from you, Lord.
to fulfill right here on this earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you in this place. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Worship oh, worship him, worship him, worship him. Oh, he is worthy of our praise. We exalt you, Lord Jesus. No one we bless else you, Lord can Jesus. Do what you can do of we praise life. you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah, Lord. you Lord Jesus you are the finisher of my faith all the plans and purposes you've designed are perfect handcrafted for each of our lives say this say I will be this generation that win souls, that praises God always, that walks in the light and walks in victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's be that generation. Let's do that. Let's bring that to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lord, we give you honor, reverence, and praise in this place. You are unique, Lord. There is none like you. And Lord, we love you and we thank you for speaking to us. I am the God who can, so you can trust me. I am the God who will bring my will to pass, so you can believe in me. I am the God who is eternal, for I will always last. So stand on me. Receive of mine. I give it to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Praise the Lord. What a good day it is to be right here at this time. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today is Communion Sunday, so we're going to have communion together. It's, uh, communion is a family affair, and uh, we're so glad that we can share this together. I want to talk to you just briefly about the remission of sins. The remission of sins. You know, uh, they talk about cancer being in remission when it's not as strong as it was. It's not as present as it was. But when it comes to Bible, the remission is forgiveness. It's a complete elimination. <laughs> It's a complete canceling of sin and its effects in our life. 
Hallelujah. And uh, the Bible says in uh, Hebrews chapter 9, we're going to get to verse 22, but I want to read a little bit before that. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11. Hebrews 9 and 11. It says, but Christ being come as a high priest of good things to come. who He brings good things to come. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered into once in the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. He obtained eternal redemption for us. Sin devalued us, but God saw our value and purchased us. He made an investment because he saw your value. Verse 13. For the blood of bulls and goats and of the ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. How much more? How much more? Shall the blood of Christ, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Hallelujah. You need some conscious cleaning to serve God. Amen. We got to get rid of some dead works. Things that we thought were right, but God didn't initiate or God didn't originate. But thank God that our conscience can be cleansed from dead works. And uh, for this cause, verse 15, he is the mediator of, a new, of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression uh, that were under the First Testament, they which, are called, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also be the necessity of death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength and that uh, all while the testator lives. Whereupon neither the first testament was uh, dedicated without blood. You know, even Moses dedicated the tabernacle and all of its utensils with the blood. He, 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 he shed the blood and he sprinkled those things with blood. So uh, verse 19 when Moses had spoken uh, every precept to the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats and of water and scarlet and wood and hyssop and sprinkled both the, uh, the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God has enjoined unto you. 21. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And here is the verse that I wanted to get to, verse 22. And almost all things are, are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission. There had to be the shedding of a pure, spotless lamb in order to forgive and cancel our sins. But thank God, Jesus is the pure and spotless lamb, and he shed his blood on the cross, being whipped with the crown of thorns, the spear in his side, being hit, and uh, abused and mistreated. He shed his blood. And because he shed his blood, our sins are remissed. They're gone. 
and we are out from under the dominion of sin. Verse 23, therefore it was necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice than these. Jesus is a better sacrifice than bulls and goats. Because they had to keep sacrificing bulls and goats. But when Jesus sacrificed his life, that was once and done for all. Hallelujah. 24. For Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God. Jesus took his blood and he presented it on the mercy seat in heaven. And God accepted the the purchase. He accepted the sacrifice. And he stamped it done, canceled forever. Hallelujah. Verse 25. Nor yet that he should offer himself... Often, as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others, for then must he have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once, in the end of the world, has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice himself. Jesus put away sin. He is the Lamb of God who took away sin from the world. Hallelujah. He's like a vacuum. He sucked it it right out. And as it is appointed, verse uh, 27, unto men, once to die and then the judgment, so Christ was offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Glory to God. We're going to be, we're going to be able to see Jesus when he comes again as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in all of his glory and all of his splendor. Hallelujah. What a day that's going to be. But we're getting ready for that day now. Amen? So, our sins have been remiss. They are forgiven. They have been forgiven freely. Only God can forgive us freely. Amen? And God forgives us readily. He is ready to forgive whenever someone asks for it. you got to ask for it. Amen? But He is ready to forgive. No matter what you've done wrong. No matter how you've missed the mark. And uh, he, he forgives abundantly. He pardons us abundantly. God's got enough pardon for everybody on the planet and plus some. Amen? So, aren't you glad that Jesus shed his blood for us? So that our sins could be remissed. How many don't miss them? Amen? I don't miss my sin. But I'm so grateful for the salvation that I have. Amen? And when sin knocks on your door, guess what? You don't have to answer. You don't have to let it in. You could say no. Amen? Because we have Jesus living in us. Hallelujah. Well, if you want to go get your elements, and then we'll celebrate uh, communion together. Glory to God. Father, we're just so grateful and thankful for the blood of Jesus which cleanses us, washes us, makes us accepted in the beloved. Oh, Lord, there's power in the blood of Jesus. We're so grateful and thankful for what your blood has done for us. Thank you, Lord, for paying the price that you paid. We couldn't pay it, but you willingly paid it. And, Lord, we just love you. We're so grateful and thankful.
for your goodness and for the love that you have. Thank you, Lord, for being a faithful Savior. You endured death for us. Hallelujah. You destroyed him who had power over death. And you took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for conquering death. Oh, we give you glory and honor and praise in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks, Lord. You're so good and gracious. We just love and bless you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You've passed from death to life because you believe on Jesus. That's a testimony. You don't you may not think you have a testimony, but passing from death to life, that's a testimony. That's a great testimony. When you pass from death to life, God did a miracle. Being born again is a miracle. It's the number one miracle. Hallelujah. If you're born again, you've experienced a miracle. You've seen God's miracle work in power. And we get to see the effects of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I get excited about communion. Amen? Yes, it's a time of remembrance, but it's also a time of rejoicing. Now, Jesus was eating the Passover with his disciples. And as he was eating, he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. So let us eat the body of Christ. Mm. I heard the Spirit of God say you've just ingested healing. Hallelujah. His body was broken so that ours could be fixed. And when he had taken the cup, he gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is uh, being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink. Hallelujah. And then rejoice in what God has done. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil can't bully you anymore with sin. We've taken his bully pulpit away from him. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we welcome you. And one of the things we like to do is speak the word. And we're speaking um, the word about possessing. And I know this is a longer confession, but we've got a lot of things to possess. Amen? Amen. So let's speak the word of God about possessing. God God is is very good good to us. us. His His Holy Holy Spirit Spirit reveals to us what what God God has freely given to us. We We have and enjoy the good things that God has made available to us. We are greatly blessed by the Lord, and we possess the gates of our enemies. We are joint heirs with Jesus, 
and we take hold of all our inheritance. The Lord has separated us to himself, and he has given us territory to possess. Our land is fruitful, productive, thriving, and flourishing. God gives us his best. Wherever Father God has planted us, we take possession of our land. By doing God's commands, statutes, and judgments, we gain divine wisdom and understanding and become great in God's sight. We are God's people, his priests who minister to him. We eat the wealth of nations and prosper in God. Instead of shame, we have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, we shout for joy over our portion. Jesus is our portion. In our land, we possess double and everlasting joy belongs to us. God faithfully rewards us and makes us an everlasting covenant with us. Everything that God has promised has been made available to us, and we can possess it all. God establishes and confirms us in Christ, and he anoints us. We are never disappointed because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Everything in the Bible is for our instruction. We are encouraged by God's written word to have hope and we overflow with confidence in his promises. We glorify, praise, and honor the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their their benefits. Amen. Good morning. (laughs) It's good to see all of you here. Do you know how beautiful you look? All your smiling faces looking at me. Woo! It's gorgeous. (laughs) In case you didn't look in the mirror this morning, I'm telling you, you look good. All right, today is Sunday. We're in October, I think the 8th. Is it the 8th? October 8th. You got it. All right, October 8th. So welcome to Victor Christian Fellowship. This is our Sunday morning service. And October is Pastor Appreciation Month. So we appreciate our pastors. Hallelujah. (laughs) We like to celebrate around here. So the celebrations continue. And Tuesday is New Generation Air Force. We meet at 6 o'clock, and we're on fire. God meets us here. He's already got the bonfire going when we walk in the door, and we have a good time. Worshiping, fellowshipping, having a word, ministering. We always have an altar call. Yes. Our lives are being changed. So that when we go back to our workplaces, our communities, our schools, we're taking that fire of God with us and we're changing the atmospheres where we are. Hallelujah. And now that it's fall, I wanted to mention we have two new fall items at our Palazzo Creation. 
which is part of New Generation. We have venison chili and pumpkin apple soup. Mm, doesn't that sound good? <laughs> so thank you for supporting us in that. And let's see, Wednesday night refreshing. See how that is? We just all go, ha. Ah. Wednesday night refreshing. Did you feel that? I felt that. We all just went, ha. Ah. <laughs> you want to be here for Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30 each week. And then Thursday, we have the kids from Forge and Northside, and they are witnessing, telling their friends the good news about Bible Adventure, and more kids are coming every week. They are excited. (laughs) So if you would like to participate by being here, that's Thursdays between like 12-ish noon and 2.30, I think, about that time. And that's two schools, so if you only have part of that time, you can come for one school. Some people come for one school. So talk to Miss Chris Frenchek, and she'll let you know how you can be part of Bible Adventure with the, with the third, fourth, and fifth graders. And then um, Saturday, this Saturday is the second Saturday of the month, and we are having our breakfast for the youth. We are having our breakfast, and Melissa always brings an awesome word of the Lord. I really appreciate how she teaches, and her gift just keeps growing, and so she's a blessing to us on Saturday mornings. So come on out to that, 9 o'clock. And then Sunday, okay, so this week, this month is a little different. So Saturday is the second Saturday of the month, but Sunday is the third Sunday of the month. So we've got to keep things straight. Melissa, help me out. So this next Sunday is our ladies' book club. <laughs> yeah. So Sunday, let's see if today's the 8th. That would be the 15th. Am I? October 15th is the ladies' book club, and we are discussing Dr. Fiona's latest book, Eliminating Blind Spots for a Limitless Life. Hallelujah. Okay, you ready for a few more? I think three. Can we do three more? Because you're starting to, like, take a little nap on me. (laughs) Three more. Winter maintenance team is looking for people to help them. So if you'd like to participate in the Victory Christian Fellowship's winter maintenance team, see Stephen Schmidt. All right? And then Dr. Fiona leaves for Guyana tomorrow. Thank you to all those who have brought in items for her to take to Bless the Children Home to, when she leaves tomorrow. And remember to pray for her. And gifts are received through Commission Club for that trip. And so thank you for your participation in Bless the Children Home, right? And supporting our own Dr. Fiona. She travels there and back. We don't even have to go do the travel part. And that's a blessing for us. <laughs> so remember her in her travels. And it's the 15th year of Blessed Children Home. So double up your gifts and let's just, you know, go with great abundance into the next 15 years. All right. And then the last announcement, many of you received a new postcard announcement flyer about the, 
Let me get it straight because I flipped the words around. Inheritance family conference. It has two sides. The one side lets us know more about what the kids are going to be doing. And um, I did miss the two of you. I was doing something else. I saw you walk down the aisle, and I'm like, well, I'll catch you later. But most of you saw me when you came in, and I handed, handed you a card. Share these in your communities with your family, at your workplaces, at your schools. Start looking for community boards. They're around. I never noticed them until I started looking for them. But people do actually read them. I just didn't know there was such a thing. But now I notice them. So pass these out. Share them with people. Plan on being here. We have a wonderful new opportunity for those who are in the house. You can register for this conference in the bookstore following the service. How convenient is that? So I expect to see a nice, wonderful herd (laughs) or maybe a flock <laughs> of people going to the bookstore to register for the family conference. That helps us prepare better for you, and that helps you remember to show up. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, we just want to make sure that the family conference is for everybody. So. We want all of you to come. (laughs) I just want to do a survey. Is there anyone here that didn't come from a family? (laughs) If you came from a family, then this conference is for you. (laughs) Amen? Yeah. Uh, You know, Pastor Doug and I have been getting a lot of revelation lately about how a household could be run efficiently and how uh, kids could be raised wonderfully. And so we would like to share some of that. We'll, we'll be doing uh, the last session of the conference on Saturday. But uh, Pastor John George has a lot of experience in this field as well, him and his wife. So uh, he'll be ministering before that. But we can all gain insight Yes. so we can help others. We're surrounded by families all the time. And wouldn't it be great to give input into something, even if you don't have a family of your own, but you have this, uh, this wisdom that God wants to impart to us. Amen? So plan on coming and being a support. If you are here and uh, you don't want to participate in the service, we have all kinds of things that will be going on outside and uh, with the kids and everything. So we could certainly use your help. Amen? So rush on over to the bookstore after service. (laughs) So everybody uh, who's coming should register so that we know who's going to be here to make that clear. Are we clear? Yeah. Well, we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray for the nation of Israel. Hallelujah. And the people surrounding it that are caught up in a fight. Yep. Uh, Even the other countries involved. It's not really the people. Because, you know, uh, know? Raymer just opened a school in Lebanon. Uh, They just started. uh, They just started yesterday, like this week. Yeah, this week. So they're very close to that conflict going on right now. But the, it's all the devil. Yes. He's the one that divides the world. You know, if he wasn't part of the scene, none of this would even be an issue. So we have to see it for what it is. Amen. But the Bible tells us to stand with Israel. And so we will, of course, we have to. But I just don't want us to forget the rest of the people that yes. are involved in this because it's not just the people are just there. I mean, imagine your family, you're living there, you grew up there, you raised your family there, and now you're caught in this craziness of evil. Amen. Heavenly Father, Thank we just God. give you thanks and praise. Thank, Thank you, you for Lord. protecting 
your uh, place called yes. Israel yes, and Lord. the people, Lord, whom you have chosen. Yes, and we give you thanks and praise, Father, you, Father. that through Israel came Lord, the Savior to this earth. And Lord, we ask you for your divine protection against the enemy. Deliver Israel from wicked and unreasonable men because not all men have the faith. And Lord, we, we command the, the terrorist attacks of the enemy uh, that he causes to bring, to, to steal, kill, and destroy against people to stop in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you are a shield and a buckler to the nation of Israel. And Lord, we ask you to protect the surrounding nations, Father, and the works that you're doing in those places in the name of Jesus. Lord, this is an opportunity for your light to arise and darkness to be pushed back. And Lord, we take authority over the enemy. And uh, Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. So, Father, we destroy the works of the enemy through prayer and through faith in God. And we give you thanks and praise that the enemy will be stopped and turned around and defeated. And you will give Israel and, and those surrounding nations, Lord, victory in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you always cause us to triumph. And we give you glory and honor and praise. And, Father, we also pray for the United States of America. And we command the, the, the lies of communism and socialism to stop and uh, desist in their maneuvers against the people of this nation, Father. And we ask you, Lord, for to give a wisdom to leaders, Lord. Lord, and uh, to uh, make our country safe and, and to uh, execute the laws that have already been uh, written and put in motion. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your mighty hand in the world. And we thank you, Lord, that we can call upon you and pray because you hear us and you answer us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want to say something real quick that the Lord dropped in my spirit when we were... Um, I don't remember if it was when we were worshiping or what, but um, the the why questions that you have in your life of why did something happen? Why is this happening? Why, why, why? Throw it out. It's a block for God to give you what it is that you need for your life to keep going in him. This is the equivalent of being offended on behalf of somebody else. So you may see something going on with somebody and you get hurt. You're offended at how somebody is responding to them, but you don't really know the whole situation. And so if you have all these why questions, they're a trap to keep you in this wheel. And you just keep spinning and spinning and spinning. And you're caught up with cares that don't belong to you. If, if God's given you a yoke to carry, his yoke is easy, his burden is light, it'll be so quick, so easy, so fast. It's not going to be this drudgery of like, oh, I have a burden for the world. No, that's not God. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at the root of whatever's weighing you down, there is a why there somewhere. And you got stuck on the why. So get rid of all the whys <laughs> so that you can hear God clearly and you can move on and follow the next instruction, period. That's it. Yeah. Amen. If you encounter something that makes you say why, just say, God, you can do something about that. And then just let him work. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I, I want to just, before I dismiss the kids, I just want to go to Proverbs 
6 for just a moment. And, uh, you know, there are some animals that we can learn something from. And uh, God gives some information about a little tiny animal called the ant. Not any relation to the uncle, but... Hallelujah. So, um, verse 6, Proverbs 6, 6, he says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, they provide her meat in the summer. You know, ants are always busy doing their thing. And uh, they're working, they're doing their thing. Every ant has its own function, right? And notice they don't have someone telling them what to do. They don't have an overseer or a a ruler or a guide. Uh, Verse... uh, And they gather their food in the harvest. You know, when you sow a seed, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get a harvest. God provides you seed to sow, but you got to get the harvest. Amen? That means you got to recognize when the harvest is ready. So you get to reap, all right? And uh, so they provide meat in their summer and gather food in the harvest. Verse 9, how long will you sleep, O sluggard? Where will you uh, arise out of your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, and a little folding of the hands to sleep. So um, the ant uh, works, the ant provides, the ant gathers, uh, the ant invests, right? The ant saves. It stores up things for, for when the weather is not good, it has things stored up. Amen? That's wise. You know, Joseph was a saver. He saved 20% for seven years. And earned, and he, he earned, he, he, he got so much that he couldn't even count it anymore. So, um, let's be like the ants. Amen? Let's be productive people in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Father, I give you thanks and praise for the gifts and the givers, Lord. And we just celebrate them as you do and you reward them, Father. And we just honor you and bless you and praise you. Thank you for the privilege and the honor to give. In the name of Jesus, of course, you can give anytime during the service, and if you're watching online, uh, you can give through our website. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. All right, we got some awesome kids in this place. So kids, we're going to dismiss you now to go to your class. And our teachers and helpers are anointed in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's a good day. Hallelujah. How many has ever heard that song, Holy Spirit, Have Your Way? Um, there was a, a, there was, a, looks like a couple different lyrics, but, um, one, uh, lyric, it was written by Leland, um, He says, um, as I lay down my life and pick up my cross, what a joy it is to give my life away to you. Uh, All that I need and all that I seek is you with me. 
Holy Spirit, have your way in me. And uh, that's just a synopsis. And then um, uh, Don Moen, uh, he wrote one. And uh, it says, um, as we wait, uh, wait on you. As we pray, uh, speak your word to our hearts. Have your way. Have your way. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts and have your way. So I'm going to talk to you today about Holy Spirit, have your way. If you've ever heard that song or if you've ever made that statement, notice, have your way. We are not telling the Holy Spirit to have our way. You know, the Holy Spirit is not Burger King. You can't have it your way. I don't know if you watch the you know, TV commercial, Burger King, BK, have it your way. You know, uh, there's something to be said when we tell the Holy Spirit to have your way. Amen? We're giving him preference because, after all, he is a creator. He created the world. He's been around. He knows all the deep things of God. He's like heaven's encyclopedia, heaven's librarian, right? Holy Spirit, have your way. God wants uh, his people to know how to cooperate with Holy Spirit. Amen? Jesus left this earth, but he left someone here. He said, if I don't go, he's not going to come. But if I go, the Father's going to send him to you. Amen? So we have Holy Spirit who is here. And he has a way of doing things. And his way is the right way. Amen? Any other way other than the Holy Spirit's way is not the right way. Because he is the, the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of God. He is the, the spirit that was involved in Jesus' resurrection. He was the spirit that was involved in Jesus' birth. He is the spirit that regenerates a person when they get born again. Amen? It is the work of the Holy Spirit, and we have to cooperate with him. So everybody say, have your way, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And uh, today is going to be power-packed. I mean, we sang a little bit about power, but we're going to be power-packed. Why? Because we're packing power. Amen? Did you know that we got a power pack that doesn't need to be recharged? His name is Holy Spirit. He is a generator. Right? And he lives on the inside of us. Glory to God. And uh, today is going to be condensed. You know, when you condense something, you make it more fuller. Right? Uh, like some, some drinks that have been condensed, you know, they're, they're potent. Right? They, and if you add water, it, it makes it, it brings out uh, the things in them. And so uh, I wrote this down. It's going to be a potent presentation of a Holy Ghost demonstration. A potent presentation of a Holy Ghost demonstration. If you weren't here on Wednesday or you didn't get to hear the message, everybody that was here on Wednesday got a backstage pass. And some people got healed when they went backstage. Amen? If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the message on Wednesday. All right? But I heard some testimonies of some people that got healed because they got a backstage pass. Amen? God wants, God invited us to come behind the scenes, to come into the very holy of holies. Amen? So I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
And we are all about the Holy Spirit having his way. I don't preach what I want to preach. And when I do, it it never works out. Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit, like, you know, when I'm preparing, he's like, no, no, no. Okay, go with that. I was like, okay, yes. You know, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're mining and all of a sudden you hit a pocket of gold. Right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 1. 1 Corinthians 2, 1. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. And he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. All right? Paul didn't come with, uh, you know, he didn't necessarily have the, the proper speech. You know, he didn't change his voice into his holy voice. Hello, people of God. I don't know what it is when people get holy, their voice changes. I don't know. You know, you talk to God in that holy voice and he might say, who's this? Because you're not being real. Amen. God's a real God. When you talk to God, talk to him like you would talk to any other normal person. Use your normal voice. Amen? God knows you, everything about you anyway. And you're not going to impress God with a different voice. Just use the voice that God gave you. Amen? So this wasn't Paul's focus. He didn't come to the Corinth with excellency of speech or wisdom. Verse 2, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you knew Jesus and him crucified, that's all you need to know. Because that, knowing that Jesus, knowing Jesus and him crucified means you know that he gave, he did, he was crucified for you and he did it so that we could have all of God's goodness. Amen? If all we knew is Jesus Christ and him crucified, that's enough to get you healed. That's enough to get you saved. That's enough to get you anything from God because everything from God comes through Jesus. So Paul determined, he said, I I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. All Paul wanted to do was come to this church and represent Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Sound like Jesus. Look like Jesus. Act like Jesus. Isn't that what Jesus wants of us? Amen? Be not conformed to the image, but be conformed to his image. Being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? We have an image that we need to be conformed to, and it's Jesus. We ought to be looking more like Jesus. All right? Verse 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear... And in much trembling. Ooh, the great Apostle Paul, who wrote more than about half of the New Testament, he came in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now, it wasn't the spirit of fear because Paul would have dealt with that. It was just, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. You know, the devil entices. God doesn't tempt you with evil, but the devil entices you. You know, like Samson was enticed to give up his secret. And uh, there's nine things that 
that both Delilah and his wife before Delilah did to him that got his secret. I'm not going to preach that now. But I have a message called uh, Avoiding the Path of Enticement. It's all about the life of Samson and how he was deceived. So Paul, he made it a point. His words were not enticing. They weren't persuasive. He didn't rely on his own ability to speak to deliver the message. You know, God's got a way of delivering messages, right? Of enticing words of man's wisdom. You know, uh, when I attended Lee University, I did, uh, well, I attempted to take a little Greek class. But the teacher was a very scholarly person. And he didn't appreciate when preachers used wrong pronouns or or miscommunicated through English. It's not about how you speak. It's about something else. All right? I know a, I know a, well, I don't know him personally, but I've heard him tell this testimony. A minister out of Louisiana, you know, he couldn't speak well because he's kind of Cajun, but he's got a dynamic work. So he hired someone to help him uh, improve his English. And and when he did that, he said he got into the pulpit. He said and he lost half of his anointing. He said, so I fired that English person. <laughs> and he just lets it fly, you know. But he's effective. So we're not up here with enticing words of man's wisdom. See, because having the Holy Spirit's way is not about doing it man's way. All right? But in demonstration... Of the, of the spirit and of power. When Paul came to the Corinth church, he, he stood there to represent Jesus and to demonstrate the power of Jesus and to demonstrate the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when Paul got into the pulpit, he said, Holy Spirit, have your way. You know, when, when you want the Holy Spirit to have his way, you gotta let him do things the way he wants to do things. You know, sometimes we try to dictate how God should operate. Okay, God, I want you to do this, but not that. Who are we to tell God how he should operate? Let's just believe God that he operates. Amen? Let's believe God that God moves. And let's just leave how he moves up to him. And what results of him moving in you so be it. Just let it fly. Amen? We are too inhibited sometimes, bound by what people think or the opinions of others. Let me tell you something. The only opinion that matters is what does God think? Amen? Everybody say, have it your way, Holy Spirit. So Paul said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith needs to stand in God's ability, in God's power, in God's uh, capability. Amen. Say, I believe in the power of God. Say it again. Say, I believe in the power of God. Say it one more time. Say, I believe in the power of God. Is there anything in the, that the power of God is not able to do? You know, he told people, he said, nothing is too hard for me. You know, God doesn't have to work to manifest his power. It's, like, it's not like God, God doesn't even break a sweat. Right? 
You remember when he delivered Israel from Egypt? You know, Moses threw his staff down and became a snake. So did the, so did the, uh, the magicians, right? And uh, Moses made, uh, the, turned the water into blood and so did the magicians. You know, the magicians, they never solved the problem. They just added to the problem, right? And we know Moses' snake ate their snakes, right? So God's miracle will always tr- trump what the devil tries to do. But then when God created gnats, the magicians couldn't do it. They said, this is the finger of God. Ever say the finger. God just moved his finger and a whole nation was flooded with gnats. Amen. If you just think about moving your finger, this is how, this is how the power of God works. Amen. It's so easy for God to display his power. He is the almighty, all powerful. He has all the power in the universe. But we have to have our faith in the power of God. Too many people have their faith in the preacher. Well, he laid hands on me and nothing happened. Where's your faith in the power? Don't put your faith in the hand. Put your faith in the power. Don't put your faith in me. Put your faith in the power of God. Amen? I can't heal a fly with a headache, but God can. Amen? Nothing is too hard for God. But we have to put our faith in the power of God. Say, my faith is in God's power. You know, Abraham, Romans 4 tells us, he was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he promised. That's putting your faith in the power of God. Knowing that what God said, he's going to bring to pass. Knowing that what, what God uh, put in his word, he's going to do. Amen? Our God's a doer. Hallelujah. Let's read this from the Passion. Okay? How many got some passion? Got some passion for Jesus? You know, passion will move you to action. God wants his people full of passion. Amen? That's a few of you that got passion, maybe three. I'm talking about some passion. If you're watching your favorite thing, whatever that favorite thing is, and they do good, do you go, oh, that was nice. Is that, I mean, is that what you do? Show me when you get excited about doing your favorite thing. Like if you're a Phillies fan, Phillies made it to the uh, playoffs, you were like, oh, that was great. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You'd be sitting, the popcorn would be flying in your seat. You'd be up to your feet shouting. Yeah. Amen. But when we tell you about the greatest person who did the greatest things, you'd be like, oh, that was nice. we got to have some passion. So God inspired someone to write a passion translation. Here's the passion translation of this passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. My brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secret of God, I refused to come as an expert, trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. While I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah. I stood before you feeling inadequate, feeling filled with reverence for God, 
and trembling under the sense of importance of my words, the message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God and intended that your faith should not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The power of God is the true success of the gospel and every believer that embraces it. How do you know if someone's successful? Are they doing what God told them to do? That's what makes you successful. Amen? It's not all about money or what you wear or what you drive or what you live in, but are you doing God's will? Because those who do God's will live forever. Amen? And, uh, you know, when Philip went down to Samaria, the Bible said he preached Christ. Just that one word, Christ, the anointed one, his anointing, and devils were cast out, people were healed, and there was great joy in the city just because he preached Christ. Amen? So if just preaching Christ can do that, amen, it can do it here too. Okay? But our faith has to be in the power. The demonstration is the showing the testimony and evidence produced by the Spirit of God. How many know that the Holy Spirit, He brings things to life? He is the animator of faith. When someone embraces the faith of God, the Holy Spirit, He makes it alive. He animates it. He, he makes it, uh, He makes it sparkle. He makes it flow. Amen? So we're going to learn how to, how to let the Holy Spirit have His way today. How many want the Holy Spirit to have His way? Amen? And that sometimes we have to just step out of the way and let Him do what He wants to do. You know, other times He'll knock you down so that He can, I call it spiritual anesthesiology. You know, sometimes He has to put you under so that He can operate on your heart. Right? Yeah, God... When I got born again, God put me out. He knocked me on the floor. Amen. When we were at Lee, Dr. Fiona was wearing a business outfit, shirt, matching shirt and jacket. And, uh, yeah, I remember that. But we weren't together then. But we, we had a move of God in that place because we had a Thursday night service every Thursday night on campus we, we had a service in the Brown Auditorium of Lee University. And that night, that, the Holy Spirit moved. And Dr. Fiona was stuck on the floor for two hours. And every time that the worship would get in, intense, you would see her on the floor going like this. And when she did that, the worship just took off to higher levels. And then it would subside, and then she would do that again, and then it would take off again. But she was stuck to the floor, couldn't get up in that nice business suit that she was wearing. Why would God stuck, stick someone to the floor? Why would, when, when the soldiers came, according to John, in the garden, and they said, are you he? And when Jesus said, I am, the whole entire amount of soldiers fell to the ground. Why? They came in contact with power. But you know what? The power is not about you falling. It's about how you get up. Yeah, you can fall, but have you been changed? Have you been touched? Have you been filled? Did God do something while you were down? Amen? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, he's the demonstrator. 
Today we're having a Holy Spirit demonstration. I don't, I don't have, you don't have to rely on the eloquence of my speaking. Aren't you glad for that? There's something greater working here today. It's called the power of God. And the power of God is very real. And the Holy, Holy Spirit, He is the agent of the power of God. And He works and He moves and He speaks and He touches. Amen? Hallelujah. When people get converted, that's a sign that God's power is operating. And you know, sometimes we're looking for the spectacular and we miss the supernatural. You know, when someone gets born again, that's not so much spectacular, but that's a powerful miracle. They've just been delivered from death. They've just been delivered from sin. And now they're reconnected with God their Father. That's the greatest thing, amen? But it's, it's not that spectacular. People come up and, and get born again. Some, some people feel something. Some people don't. Some people cry. Some people don't. They all react differently. But that's the greatest miracle. Amen? If you're not born again, I'd encourage you to be. If I wasn't born again, I'd get born again real quick. Amen? Hallelujah. No one can deny the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I enjoyed my time at Rama, sitting under Brother Hagen's meetings. And uh, that was, I mean, he was a powerhouse for God. And, and there were times when, you know, you know, the, something was, was brewing when he'd start to go, choo, choo, choo. And, and just, it wasn't just a, a, a few minutes or shorter than after that, the whole place would erupt. And uh, I'll never forget... I got to tell you this, um, when I was at Rama, they were highlighting the children's ministry, you know, because some, uh, in my second year, you could choose from evangelist, pastor, missions, children, youth, or helps, all right, because they didn't have a third year then, and so we had a, a meeting, um, I think it was either Tuesday or Thursday, it was called Exaltation, that was kind of like our chapel service at Rama. And it happened every week. And this particular week, they were highlighting the children's ministry. And so the children's ministry, they did a skit with puppets about Carmen wrote a song about if the day of Pentecost occurred in Detroit City, in Motown, right? And uh, so they had these puppets on stage with these instruments, right? He says, Peter's on the drums, you know. And uh, these, these puppets, you know, they were playing instruments and, and, and the song's going, right? But then when the Spirit of God started to move, the, you know, the puppets were like, what's that sound? What's going on? You know, and they were kind of moving the puppets around like this. And all of a sudden, when the Holy Ghost fell, okay, you have to use your imagination, but they, they had a, 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 like a puppet stage, all right? almost the length of this front row, maybe a little bit longer. And everybody had black shirts on, long sleeve shirts, and fluorescent gloves, okay? So when they're talking about the day of Pentecost, if it occurred in Detroit, and they're going on, and all of a sudden when the Holy Spirit fell, you know, sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and all, the, all you saw was these hands went up like this, right? 
these black sleeves with fluorescent gloves and they just sprung up like this and they started to shake. And when they did that, there was a thousand people in that place and it was like God said, one, two, three, get everybody got up. People started running. People were falling down. People were laughing. It just went nuts in a good way because the Holy Spirit wanted to have his way. And I was in that service, and I saw that, and I still remember that. I, it takes me back right into that moment. And, and man, when those hands went up, and my goodness, this is a, it was like a conductor. You, could, you couldn't have pr- uh, planned that. He went like one, two, three, and everybody just all at the same time. People were, I mean, going this way, going that way, on the floor, crying, laughing. It was just amazing. See? Sometimes people have a hard time when the Holy Ghost wants to have his way. You resist because you don't want him to have that way on you. You would like it to do, be a different way. You'd like it to be some, something else. Oh, am I telling on you now? How many know we think that we like to put God in a box? Okay, God, you can move, but only this way. I remember another time I did a skit and uh, one of the girls in the church that I was attending in Illinois, she felt called to Rama, South Africa. So we were having a celebration service and the skit was I dressed up as a gorilla. I had a gorilla suit and the skit was they were playing a song that says, please don't send me to Africa. I'll go anywhere else, right? But please don't send me to Africa, okay? And then at the end of the song, I'm the gorilla. I came out and I picked up that girl and ran off the stage like this. But see, God called her to South Africa, but the song was, I'll go anywhere else other than where God called. But you know what? Holy Spirit, have your way. You got to go where he calls you to go. You got to do what he calls you to do. Amen. You got to be what he wants you to be. And when he moves in the service, you got to let him move freely, unequivocally, without any restraint. That means you got to give up your presupposed ideas of how he should move. See, if you've been religiously trained, you think you have a problem when The Holy Spirit moves and people start expressing themselves, either with joy or running or shouting. It makes you uncomfortable. Why? Because you only know God in the context of your religious training. And it hinders the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost did not come for us to be religious. He came to connect us with God and the power of God. Think about in the natural when you come in contact with the power, you can't predict what's going to happen. Right? I mean, people get struck by lightning. They get a new hairdo. They, they can't predict what's going to happen. You know? I remember one time I was in the woods. And I, I had to relieve myself, but there was an electric fence. And believe me, I felt it. I felt the power. Not in the right way. But that's a true story. 
But you got to have faith in the power. You got to know that when the Holy Ghost is demonstrating, He's doing it for a reason. And you got to just flow with Him. You got to move with Him. You got to respond to Him. Let Him be the lead dancer. If you, if you try to lead him, you'll be stepping on his toes. But if you let him lead you, it'll be smooth as warm butter. Amen? So the power that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit came to demonstrate, it's called dunamis. How does dynamite explode it needs a fuse and it needs fire but when you connect the fuse with fire that fire travels on the inside and what's on the inside gets connected with the fire and boom it explodes growing up we had uh, an apple tree in our backyard Yes, it is. And so uh, every once in a while, we'd get some M80s for 4th of July. <laughs> you know, when you put an M80 in an apple, you get applesauce. And then uh, we would put firecrackers in our mailbox. Because the mailbox had two holes on the bottom. And we put the firecrackers in it and light it, and, and the, the mailbox would go poof, poof, like that. See, I'm the fuse today that's lighting the, I'm the fuse and the, the Holy Spirit is the fire, but there's some, something on the inside that's going to go boom today. All right? So it's dunamis power, it's miraculous power, might, strength, force, ability, energy, Hallelujah, that's what dunamis is. All right? It's, it's power through God's ability. Everybody say God's ability. When it comes to healing, God doesn't expect you to heal yourself. He is the healer. Amen? God doesn't expect us to save ourselves. He is the Savior. And He has a way of saving people, and He's very effective at it. If we try to save ourselves, we'd be ineffective at it. All right? So um, go with me to Second Peter chapter 1. I'm getting to where we can, I'm going to teach you how to go with, how to have, let the Holy Spirit have his way. Second Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. Y'all doing good today? You're going to get better and better. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. Who here has obtained like precious faith? You have the same spirit of faith. Amen? We have the same spirit of faith as Jesus does. With us, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. 
through the knowledge of our knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Oh, hallelujah. According his divine power. Whose divine power? His divine power has given to us already, done deal, has given to us, not coming tomorrow, not next week, already here. He has given to us. Amen? All things, how many get excited about all things that pertain to life and godliness? Everything you need for this natural life, everything you need for your spiritual life, it comes by the power of God. Right? And the Holy Spirit has come to demonstrate the power. Okay? Through the knowledge of Him, that's the Word of God, and has called us to glory. Did you know that you've been called to glory and virtue? Say, I've been called to glory. Yeah, Stephen saw the glory of God. Peter, James, and John saw the glory of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses saw the glory of God. The people of Israel saw the glory of God. The people in the temple, uh, when Solomon dedicated the temple, saw the glory of God. We are meant uh, to be people who see the glory of God. We're called to glory. Amen? Everything that God wants us to have is through his power. All right? Hallelujah. So, um... Praise the Lord. So there are four things that we need to do to let the Holy Spirit have his way. All right? Number one, you need to yield. Number two, you need to move. Number three, you need to uh, yield. Let's see. Yeah, yield, flow, move, and respond. Yield, flow, move, and respond. Everybody say yield. Yield. See, we need to know how to yield to God. All right? When we, we have yield signs here in America, is a yield a stop sign? When you yield to something, you stop if something's moving your way. That's the only time you need to stop. Otherwise, you don't need to stop. Only if something is moving your way. Amen? Now, just think about this. In a service, when God's moving, you need to stop. And you need to let him have his way. Right? See, that's what a yield thing does. Something's coming your way, and you stop, and you let it have the right of way. You let it do what it needs to do. You know, near our house, they just built this uh, enormous uh, roundabout. And uh, um, it's good in some ways and it's bad in other ways. Because sometimes there's a lot of traffic coming from one direction and they're just going and you've got to yield. Because if you don't yield, you'll be crunched. Right? So the word yield... It means to produce, to generate, to relinquish, to surrender, to give way. Does God want us to have a, to live a surrendered life? We need to, to surrender to God, right? Satan needs to surrender to us, but we need to surrender to God. Amen? We need to submit to God. And, uh, another definition of yield means to give over possession 
or to give deference. Holy Spirit, have your way. You know, he is an expert at humanity. The Holy Spirit, he's an expert psychologist. He's an expert socialist. A so, so, not a socialist, a sociology person. Yeah, sociologist. He's against socialism and communism. But he knows what you need more than you know what you need. And he has to do things in a way because he knows what you need better than you know what you need. So you need to let him have his way. However that results. Know this, the Holy Spirit will never embarrass you. Say, the Holy Spirit will never embarrass me. It wasn't embarrassing for Elijah to run faster than the chariot of the king. It wasn't embarrassing for Jesus to heal people in all kind of unconventional ways. Right? He wasn't, he's like, oh, I didn't mean to do it that way. No. He meant to do it that way because that's what the Holy Spirit was leading him to do. This blind man comes to him and, and the Holy Spirit whispers in Jesus' ear, Spit in the ground and put mud in his eye. But see, Jesus had such a close relationship with the Holy Spirit, he didn't question it, he didn't doubt it, he just did it. And when you do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, you'll have greater success. So I want, you need to be free today to yield. Because there's a move coming. Someone's moving your way. And you've got to give deference to him. Because he's got the power, he's got the goods, he's got the ability to change your circumstance, to change your situation, to bring you out, to deliver you, to provide for you, whatever it is you need. He's got the power that can do it. So whenever the Bible talks about yielding, it talks about abundance. Go to Leviticus chapter 25. Leviticus, Old Testament 25 Verse 19, Leviticus 25, verse 19, hallelujah, and the land shall yield her fruit. Guess what? Holy Spirit's got some fruit too. He wants us to yield some fruit, right? He wants us to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, patience, kindness, self-control. Nine fruits that we ought to be producing, amen? And you're the land. And the Holy Spirit's the power that increases the production. So, 2519, and the land shall yield her fruit, and you shall eat your fill and dwell in safety. You're going to produce fruit, you're going to be filled, and you're going to be safe when you do it with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And if you shall say, what shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we shall not sow nor gather in our increase. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year. It shall bring forth fruit for three years. Everybody say, fruit for three years. God told them not to sow in the seventh year because that was a year of, a year of rest. But if they weren't going to sow, how are they going to reap? It was going to be God's blessing, which is God's power. God's power brings increase. 
Notice the blessing has enough increase for three years. It has more than that, but that's what the Lord said. Amen. I will command my blessing in the sixth year and it shall bring forth fruit for three years and you shall sow the eighth year. Hallelujah. And then you can reap in the ninth year because then the, the harvest will be produced. Glory to God. Yield. All right. God wants us to yield. He has an abundance of power. Hallelujah. Everybody say, let's give way to the Holy Spirit. And whatever he inspires you to do, just do it. You know, did Peter need a mathematical equation as to the effects of stepping out of the boat and walking on water? Huh? He didn't say, hey, Jesus, could you break this? What are the physics of this, Jesus? Hey, Jesus, what's the science behind me getting out of the boat and walking on water? All, all Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. All Jesus said was come. That's all Peter needed to get out of the boat and put his foot on the water and walk on the water. It's unnatural to walk on water, but he was walking on the word. Where did he fail when he got his eyes off the, on the circumstances? But he didn't need a mathematical equation or the physics behind it or the science behind it. Okay, Lord, now, I'm I'm this much weight. Is the water going to hold me up? has nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with the power of God. Where did the power of God come from? From the Word himself. The Word himself spoke, and that gave power, or that gave Peter the power to walk on water. What makes you healed? Because the Word says you are. That's the power. The word, if something's not working, he can fix it or recreate it. Amen? We just have to believe in the power. We've been so, people have been so religious, religious, religiousized. I can't even say that word. And, and Satan has convinced people that you got to look a certain way and behave a certain way for God to even love you. My goodness, John the Baptist, wearing a camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey. But yet God loved him and worked through him. Amen? Hallelujah. God will take our filthy garments and he'll give us robes of righteousness. doesn't matter how we look. Everybody say yield. Today we need to yield. Then we need to flow. We need to flow. A flow is a current, a stream, a course, or it means to abound or to spring. A flow. It means to move or run swiftly or smoothly, sorry, with unbroken and graceful continuity. As in the manner characters of fluid you know when you turn your faucet on it doesn't go does it if y'all if y'all have a faucet like that call a plumber something's not right when you turn it on it and you turn the spigot on it has a continual flow right and that flow is going until you turn the spigot off am i right about it 
So the Holy Spirit's got to flow. And when we get in his flow, it's going to be smooth and graceful. Hallelujah. Say, look at your neighbor and say, get in the flow. It means to rise like the tide. It means to circulate. How many know right now blood is circulating in our bodies? Our heart's going, and blood is going all throughout our bodies. It's circulating. It's got a flow to it. Amen? There's blood flowing in us. We got to get into the flow of the Spirit. You know, the Spirit has a flow too. He has a direction. He has a course that he wants to go. And you got to just get in his flow. Amen. You don't dictate the flow. You just go with the flow. With his flow. Amen. Say go with the flow. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Hallelujah. Am I going to get through this today? Yes. Why? We're yielding and we're flowing. Two key points to have, let the Holy Spirit have his way. How many know if, if the Holy Spirit's dealing with you to change something, like a habit, something that you do, it doesn't please God, it just pleases your flesh, what do you got to do? You got to yield. Why? He'll never tell you, he'll never take you out of something unless he brings you something, in, brings you into something better. God brought his people out of slavery, but he brought them into a land flowing with milk and honey. He brought them into a place that was flowing. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 6. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. That's getting in the flow. Keeping the word. For the Lord God brings you into a good land. Hallelujah. A land of brooks of water, fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. Sounds to me like something's flowing. Hallelujah. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land where you shall eat bread without scarcity and you shall not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you may dig brass. When you are eaten and are full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Hallelujah. Honor the Lord. Amen. That's getting in the flow. God is on the move. And he's moving in people. He's moving in our community. Amen. The Palmyra Square is never going to be the same. Why? We're occupying it. We're, we're, we're flowing into the Palmyra. Amen. You know, there's a river that flows from God's throne, and everywhere it goes, it brings life. There's a river right now that's flowing from God's throne. It's got a continual flow. Amen? One thing about every river, there's different rivers. They flow different ways, but they all have one direction. They all have a certain way that they flow. Amen? A river doesn't decide that, oh, I'm going to flow upstream today. Unless, unless... You got people that need to cross the river and they need to cross it on dry land like the Jordan, right? You know, sometimes the power of God, okay, he, he was a water crossing guard. He stood in the middle of the Jordan and he, 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 he made the Jordan stop so that his kids could walk across safely. He, God was a, a water crossing guard. Amen? Say the power of God can do those things. 
Oh, look at Psalm 147. Psalm 147. So you got to yield and you got to flow. Now, you can't flow and be stiff. You got to be loose. Everybody say, hang loose. Right? Okay, Psalm 147, verse 18. This is powerful. Here we go. Psalm 147, verse 18. He sends out his word and melts them. He causes the wind to blow and the waters to flow. Woo, he's causing wind to blow and waters to flow. Every time the Bible speaks of water, it's always representative of the Holy Spirit. He washes you with the water of the word. There's a flow of righteousness. There's a flow of cleansing coming over you in the name of Jesus. And we just got to get into the flow. Do you remember when Peter, when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, and uh, Peter was resistant? He didn't think that Jesus should be washing his feet. And when Jesus got to Peter, Peter said, oh, no, Lord, in his holy voice, oh, no, Lord, I'm too holy for this. And Jesus just said, well, Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, you don't have no part in this kingdom. And then he thought for about a second. He said, okay, Lord, give me a bath. Wash me from head to toe. That's someone who went from resisting to yielding just like that. It just takes a a little tiny shift for you to go from resisting to yielding and to get in the flow. Amen? Get in the flow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah 2.2. Isaiah 2.2. Talking about the end times here. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. We're going to flow to hear the word of the Lord. They're going to say, many people will go and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. Hallelujah. And we will walk in him. We will walk in him paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the world uh, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. When you start walking in the word, you're getting in the flow. Amen. Because if, you, if you're going to listen to the Holy Spirit, you've got to walk in the Word because He speaks the language of the Word. So when you know the Word, you can know His voice and you can get in the flow. Amen? All right, number three. We're getting in the, we're yielding and we're getting, the, now we've got to respond. We've got to respond. We've got to answer God. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Let's look at this. Our response to God. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 10. God wants you to respond. Amen? Your your respond can be just as simple as, yes, Lord. Will you go? Yes. All God needs is your yes. Amen? Because God will never force his will on anyone. He gives you the option to choose. And he'll never make you do what he wants, but he wants you to say yes out of love. You've been saying no for God, to God for too long. Now it's time to say yes. Amen? 
Let's just say, yes, Lord, have your way in me. Without any stipulation, without any preconceived ideas, just close your eyes right now. And I want you to say, yes, Lord, have your way in me. And just begin to praise God for just a moment. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Have your way in this church. Have your way in this service. Have your way in me, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I'm sure Joseph would have liked to pick the way how, how he got to Egypt. But he didn't, did he? Didn't matter how he got there. God just needed him there. Stop complaining about the how and the why and just say, yes, Lord. And, and after, after he gets you to where you need to be, just say, thank you, Lord. Amen. We, we complain. Joseph didn't complain about the how. He was just grateful to be in Egypt and serve God because God had him there for a reason. Amen. He just needed him there. Quit worrying about how he got there. Doesn't matter. He got there saved, didn't he? Yeah, but I went there as a slave. So what? He didn't think of himself as a slave. Other people labeled him as a slave. He, he labeled himself as a servant of God. If you want to take on the world's label, you go ahead. But the world is run by a liar. The father of lies. He couldn't tell the truth if his life depended on it. All right? Romans 8, Romans 10, verses 8 to 10. But what says it, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith with, with which we preach. If you confess with your mouth, everybody say confess. confess. You've got to use your mouth and uh, shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. The very way we got saved, it took us to respond to God. You can't get saved without responding to God. What are you doing? I'm responding to God. No, you're not. Yeah, he can read your thoughts, but he wants you to use your mouth. He didn't say, think in your head and you shall be saved. Did he? No. Not here he didn't. He he tells us what to think on. But here he says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That's how faith operates. You confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart. Boom, there it is. Amen. Boom. There it is. Look at Psalm 18. Psalm 18, verse 44. Psalm 18, 44. Is this helping anybody today? We're, we're getting in the flow, right? How many ever been at a sporting event and you've done the wave? How many hands have done the wave? You know what? It starts at a one point, but when it comes to you, you got to respond, right? Otherwise, there's a break in the wave. Don't break the wave. Get on the wave. Amen? Get on the same wave. Come on. Get on my wavelength. Get on the Holy Ghost, not mine, get on the Holy Ghost wavelength. Let's think like God thinks. Let's speak like God thinks. Let's act like God acts. Let's respond like God responds. Jesus was not in any way, shape, or form ashamed about responding to his Father in helping people. No matter how it looked like to the world. When they brought a woman caught in adultery. 
I always thought adultery took two, but I don't know where the other person was. But they brought the woman to Jesus. And the law said that she should be stoned. So should the other person too, by the way. And so there was this religious pressure on Jesus. You've got to execute the law. You've got to stone her. She deserves to be stoned. He's writing in the sand. He's not even paying attention to the pressure. Because he's about to do something that's going to blow their minds. You without sin cast the first stone. (gasps) What's that? That's all the rocks dropping. Woman, where are your accusers? I don't know. I don't accuse you either, but he said, go and sin no more. Set that woman free. Because he didn't respond to the pressure of the world. Psalm 18, 44. Psalm 18, 44 says this. Hallelujah. As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. The strangers shall submit themselves to me. Obedience is a response. Amen. When you hear the word of God, you have to respond to it. You can't just let it sit. You can't just sit there and let it pass you by. When the word of God is delivered, it it requires a response. It could be an action or a verbal response. Right? Bartimaeus responded when he was blind and he got a miracle. Amen? And then the fourth thing is we have to move. Listen, God loves you. But he doesn't want you to stay the way you are. He, he is looking for growth and development and maturity. God does not want us babies for the rest of our lives spiritually. Amen? We got to get past da-da-goo-goo. And, and now that you got some teeth, you got to sink your teeth into some meat. I mean, the milk is good, but you got to sink your teeth into some meat. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. Amen. There's some meat of the word. Hallelujah. To move means to change or to transfer or to transport. It means to attempt. It means to put forth an effort to step. Isn't that what we do by faith? Step. One one step at a time. Walk by faith. Faith is a walk. It's not a run. The just shall live by faith. You walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Moses, uh, yeah, it means to follow a specified course, to move. Go to Exodus 14, 15. Exodus 14, 15. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Exodus 14, 15. Now, the Lord told them they're standing before the Red Sea and the Egyptian army's coming. And uh, God said, I'll fight for you. But look at verse 15, Exodus 14, 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, why do you cry unto me, speaking to the children of Israel that they go forward? Everybody say, go forward. I'm telling you to move forward today. You got to move forward in your walk today. You got to go into deeper water today. But that requires you taking a step. Amen. A step of faith 
But you know, how many know God meets faith? You know, uh, go to Acts 17, 24. I'm just going to read it from the board, Acts 17, 24. Hallelujah. Acts 17, I mean, sorry, 28. Acts 17, 28. My apologies. For in him we live, and what's that next word? Move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. In him we live, yeah, he's our life, he's the source, but in in him we move, amen? We go from glory to glory. We go from faith to faith, hallelujah. We're constantly moving, we're constantly striving, we're constantly progressing. We got to be on the move, amen? God's a mover and a shaker. Hallelujah. Jesus was moved with compassion. And men were moved by the Holy Spirit to write the Bible. We got to be moved. Move is also, it's also feeling something deeply. I was touched. I was moved. It moved my heart. It moved me to take a certain action. Amen. So we got, we got to yield to God. We got to get into the flow. We got to respond to God and we got to move. Amen? We just can't sit still. Otherwise, you put a rock in a river, a giant rock, what is the water going to do? It's going to find a way around it. That rock will be stuck in the same place, but that water will find a way around that rock. It'll bypass that. If you want to be the rock stuck in the stream, you can be a rock stuck in the stream, but I want to be one that's moving. I want to get in the boat of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Amen? I want God to have his way. How many want God to have his way? Hallelujah. We, you know, he fills us up when we're weak. Hallelujah. Oh, the Holy Spirit does so many things. I, I was going through the Bible recording from Genesis to Revelation. I, I got stuck in Acts 13. That's as far as I got about all the things that the Spirit of God does. He speaks through people. He creates. He gives wisdom. Amen. The Holy Spirit is here and we got to cooperate with him. And sometimes that means we got to change the way we live. Because the way that we currently live sometimes, it doesn't please the Holy Spirit. That means we're having our way and he's not having his way. Because the way that we're choosing to live, it's blocking what he wants to do. You know, he's a gentleman. And when you don't want to do what he wants to do, he'll just back off. You know, there was a a scripture in the Old Testament that said... um, that when they disobeyed God, he, he went to the enemy and he fought against them. <laughs> I don't want to be on the wrong side, amen? I want Holy Spirit to have his way. He's the only one that's going to bring about a miracle. He's the only one that's going to cause things to happen. He's the only one that's going to bring the right change. Amen? Hallelujah. Mary said it best when she was presented with the Holy Spirit's power. She said, be it unto me. As you have said, you know, yeah, she had some questions about how, how's this going to come about? How's this going to work? But her questions were answered. And then she finally got to the conclusion. She made a verbal response. Be it unto me, as you said, amen. Let, let, she was basically saying, Holy Spirit, have your way. She got pregnant in the unconventional way. She only knew one way to get pregnant. 
But God had another way. And he needed a virgin to carry the seed that he wanted to put inside of her. And she just said, she just accepted it. You know, we got to accept the word of God as it is the word of God. Just accept it with childlike faith. Say, yes, Lord. Okay, I'll be it. I'll do it. I receive it. I'll have it. Say, Lord, I'm healed. Say, Lord, I'm prosperous. I'm, I'm victorious. I'm joyful. I'm at peace. I'm glad. Hallelujah, we're just receiving what God has done. Amen. Everybody stand to your feet if you can. And I just want you to start praising God. And God's going to move on our behalf.